it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not getting overridden by his staff. Check it out, Joe Biden. Told 60 Minutes on Sunday, the pandemic was over. But the White House press team was shut up. Will you shut up? Walking back the president's statements, he's also getting pushback for his statements regarding support for Taiwan. Come on, man. It's a bad one. It's a big mess. We will clean it up on the radio side uh, on a busy day. We're going to discuss it with Democratic strategist Jessica Tarloff, Fox News reporter Nate Foy. What a super hunk he is. And Steve Ducey, who is, of course, the co-host of Fox and Friends. Also, the man whose first cookbook is the reason none of my TV clothes fit anymore on TV. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. It's a voicemail from the wardrobe department left right here in our studio. Uh, 888-788-9910, the phone number, if you want to talk live. Uh, It's also the number if you don't want to talk. You just want to call in and be like, hey, this show sucks. Don't worry about it. We can handle it. It's fine. Uh, You know the way the show works. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat on this show. Nobody cares, man. It's an audio safe space for cool people. What I say when I mean that is, you know, you're not like cool like the Fonz. You're not walking around with a pack of cigarettes rolled up in your sleeve like, hey, you know, but if you did that, probably retro would be pretty badass. Uh, But what we mean by cool is just don't be a that is it. If you could just get through political discourse, we don't care what your views are. I don't want to be in charge. I just want to be surrounded by reasonable people. So if you want to call up, don't be a and you'll be fine. Uh, We begin really quickly with a big shout out, a huge shout out. It is a birthday today on the show. For one of our superstar listeners, Jen Lee Myers, who is uh, probably day drunk in Fredonia right now. Uh, She's crazy, but in a very good way. I always enjoy her messages. Uh, She has a lot of sarcastic takes on the news. She's always sending me some type of a smack talk. So, Jen, if you're out there and you are still sober enough to comprehend what I'm saying to you, happy birthday to the great Jen Lee Myers. Uh, And that's the good note we begin on. Uh, The bad note. Wow. No Hallmark cards getting sent to the president, at least not from Dr. Anthony Fauci anyway, who was amongst a chorus of high-level Democrats walking back the president's 60 Minutes interview. Biden is such a disaster. Oh, he really is. The president sat down, if you remember, Sunday night with Scott Pelley. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did happen, and uh, much to the chagrin of high-level Democrats, it did happen. Now, here is the quote that got the ball rolling. Okay, this is Biden talking about the pandemic. And when you hear this, you're probably going to agree with what President Biden is saying. But you understand if you're a member of the D.C. bureaucracy who is using this pandemic to weaponize a lot of federal spending, a lot of legislative changes, not to mention a lot of TV prominence. If you're a guy like Anthony Fauci, who has become a little bit of a fame whore, he likes going on TV, likes getting hair and makeup. It's fun. I was on with Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino this morning. You can't imagine how much hair and makeup they're putting on me to get me on that TV, not to mention lecturing me over my diet. You're killing yourself the way you eat. You're a fat f- Look at you. Another direct voicemail. They left us here in the studio. But the point is Fauci likes the pomp. He likes the pageantry of TV. 
So for him, the pandemic going away means he's going away. He can't have that. So here's Biden's statement. Fauci's response coming within seconds of this one. But let's start with Biden. Clip one. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. And I think this is a perfect example of it. <laughs> Here's a statement from DNC headquarters. You don't understand. COVID is everything to the Democratic Party. They used it to change the way you vote, used it to change the way you go to school, the way you don't go to school, the way you go to church, the way you don't go to church, the way you shop, the way you don't shop. COVID became the catch-all for everything they wanted to get done. Don't ever forget their ridiculous $1.9 trillion American rescue plan. That was passed under the guise of COVID relief. Yet 9% of the money went towards COVID. What a fraud. But it was, understand, the umbrella. Okay, if you're a Rihanna fan, the umbrella, Ella, Ella. But the point is, they spent $1.9 trillion we didn't have under the guise of COVID. And this, of course, was the exacerbating driving force behind the inflation we see now. That is financial lunacy. Everyone said it at the time. But you understand they were able to get away with it because they were selling a lot of fear. Oh, we're all going to die. You know, walking across the street, those street lights could have COVID. You got to watch the red lights, the yellow lights, heaven forbid. You stay too long in the intersection, now you got the COVID. Run for your life. I mean, COVID was everything. So when Biden said what was obviously true, look around, Scott Pelley. Nobody's wearing a mask and nobody's scared. We all shook our heads. We we're like, yeah, of course, that makes perfect sense. But if you're a member of the permanent bureaucracy, they were looking at the TV like, what the hell is wrong with you? Okay, they would have ran out and tackled the guy right then and there because you understand. It's old Milton Freeman line. There is nothing more permanent than a temporary government injunction. Nothing more permanent than something the government tells you is going to be temporary. Once they take away a freedom, once they change the way of doing business, it never goes back. So Biden saying the pandemic's over upends an agenda in which they were getting ready to justify more federal spending. Okay, student loan forgiveness. The basis for student loan forgiveness is like, well, the pandemic was unfair. There's not enough equity. People didn't get jobs. They had to stay home. And long story short, please give us money. Okay, COVID has become the greatest fundraiser in the history of the Democratic Party. Every single time. Oh, we're all going to die. Republicans don't support vaccine mandates. Please give us money. Oh, you don't understand. Everyone who got vaccinated is getting COVID. But we still want to mask children this school year, so... Please give us money. Biden getting out there and saying, well, the pandemic's over. They're losing their minds. Okay, here is Fauci. It's so good. Okay, we're not ready. We're not ready to say COVID is over. Yo, Fauci, we were ready two years ago. Okay, you got to go on offense. We know, we know who is dying from COVID. We have so much data at our disposal. If you are an elderly American who's immunocompromised, yes, you got to play a lot of defense. If you are a morbidly obese American, if you're on the Jimmy Fallon diet, yes, you got to play some defense. But aside from that, the vast, vast, vast majority of society, I'm talking 99% of the people who get COVID beat COVID, okay, without even going to a hospital. So this idea that we're supposed to be living in abject terror is not because they're worried about the virus. It's because they're worried about losing the power they have accumulated from the virus.
Here's Fauci, clip three. The intensity of the outbreak now, even though it is, I believe, unacceptably high, where we're having 400 deaths per day, when you compare it to the fulminant stages we've experienced over the past year or so, where we used to have 800 to 900,000 cases per day and over 3,000 deaths per day, we are much better off now for a number of reasons that you mentioned. But we are not where we need to be if we're going to be able to, quote, live with the virus. He should be behind bars. And why is Fauci oh, going to be able to live with the virus? What is Fauci really, really getting beyond hair and makeup and the fact that he likes to go on TV and be relevant? Is if the pandemic is over, it becomes Really hard for him and his buddies to keep making money off pushing vaccines and pharmaceuticals. Oh, wow. Never forget that when Rand Paul questioned Dr. Fauci under oath, Rand Paul said, Dr. Fauci, are you or your buddies or these panelists making money by pu- pushing all these booster shots we don't have any data on? And what did Fauci say? Under the law, I don't have to tell you. Now, understand, if you're doing something as despicable as forcing medicine on people that you don't have long term data on, knowing you're going to be making a profit if they take it, you'd want to clear your name from something that disgusting, which means Fauci had every right to tell Rand Paul. But the reason he just gave them the, well, I don't have to tell you, is because the answer to the question isn't a question that's going to make Fauci look particularly good. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Again and again and again, COVID equals money. Fear equals TV ratings. TV ratings equal money for the bureaucracy. Oh, people are scared. They're watching it on the news. They don't want to go out of the house. You've all seen the people that have been broken by this. People walking down the street with masks on. People driving in their cars with masks on. They're the only one in the car. And again, don't let anybody tell you that masks don't work because I know 100% of the time when someone's wearing a mask in the car, they're crazy. But the fact is they went crazy because this became two things. One, the weaponized fear coming from the media, coming from the D.C. bureaucrats who wanted to hoard all the power that they did on the back of COVID, whether it was legislative power, whether it was spending power, they have concentrated a lifetime supply of power at the tippy top of the federal government off of the backs of COVID fear. Okay, that was number one. Then two, there's this other subset of loonies who just walk around with masks on all day because they want everybody to know they're not Republicans. They're crazy. Look, I've got a mask on because I'm not MAGA. That's like half of this. It's so childish and stupid. But understand, if Biden says the pandemic is over, and it's over, and he said it, it's over. Look around. Nobody's got a mask. Nobody's scared. It's over. The reason everybody is pushing back is because if the pandemic goes away, so does the fundraising, so does the control. Here is Vivek Murphy. He's on MSNBC. He's your Surgeon General. says, we've made progress. Don't get me wrong, but it's not over. Clip two. 
What the president's reflecting is the fact that we've made tremendous progress against COVID-19. We're in a very different place now than we were at the beginning of this pandemic with significantly lower death rates. We have all of our children back in school. We have people able to go back to work, families and friends able to see each other. But he also said, you know, we have more work to do on COVID. And that's right. And that's what Dr. Fauci and others have expressed as well. Uh, you know, we're losing about 400 people a day on average for this virus. We need to get that number lower. We have people who are struggling with long COVID. We need to understand more about long COVID and how to prevent it. You're a loony. Okay, understand. When they say 400 people are dying a day of COVID, okay, we, they're not discerning whether these people are dying with COVID or from COVID. But we do have so much targeted data specifically telling us who is dying from COVID. And here's a newsflash for you. The vaccine isn't stopping anybody from getting COVID. But that didn't stop those lunatics over at The View from saying the opposite. The View is awful. Here is the, here's Sonny Hostin. Again, no stampede of stupidity complete without Sonny Hostin leading the charge. Here's clip seven. Oh, okay, sorry, no problem. He's pulling it up. This, that, this stuff comes in that hot off the presses. You get Sonny Hostin yammering on over at The View. She says the case rates are high. Because people aren't getting vaccinated. Here it is, clip seven. 400 people a, a day, I believe, mm-hmm. 400 are still people dying a day. But they're immunocompromised and mostly over 75 but the years old. And of new daily cases is 60,000. Every day, 60,000 people get COVID, and that's because only 67.7% of our population in the U.S. is fully vaccinated, and only less than 50% got their first booster. And so, again, I think if you're telling people, I don't see any masks around here, we're good. We're going into the winter. We're going into the fall. We've been out in these streets in the summertime. I have been. I've had a good time. A lot of outdoor air. We're going to go back in, and my concern is that it's going to start ratcheting up again. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Okay, these are stupid people. I wish them no ill will. They might be they might all be wonderful for all I know. I might love the view. They might do like good card tricks. Maybe one of them does like a killer De Niro impression or something. They're actually like funded parties. Like I doubt it, but I don't wish them any ill will. But understand, they run on confirmation bias. They run on moral superiority. They run on telling stupid people. They know better than the smart people. That's what they do, you understand. When they're on TV saying, oh, the case rates are rising because people aren't vaccinated. That is a fact check false. Yo, vaccinated people are getting COVID left and right. Correct the mundo. Biden just got COVID twice. He said four shots. Fauci's got COVID twice. Jill Biden's got COVID twice. What do they all have in common? They were all vaccinated and they were all boosted. We have over 100 people in Congress vaccinated and boosted, okay, who also got COVID. This is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. At this point, it is a pandemic of the bureaucracy that wants to make money off of fear. Pay up, suckers. And that's why you're going to start turning on the news this winter. The one thing Sonny Hostin pointed out correctly is the winter's coming. Flu season will ratchet up. You'll be indoors watching the news and they'll be on set selling you abject terror because your fear is their money. 
Welcome back to Scared at Five. I'm Don Deathly. Sue Strangler is in for Don Drownham. Take it away, Sue. Is there a 45-foot boa constrictor living inside your household plumbing? And does it have COVID? It's a long story, and we'll unravel it later. But first... Do Instagram filters cause cancer? And do the filters have COVID? It's hard to picture, but there's no airbrushing the fact that it's possible. We'll have the photo finish around the corner. But first, can microwave popcorn give you even? Ebola. And does Ebola have COVID? We'll have a kernel of truth in seconds, but first... A public service announcement about the brain-killing parasite that could be in your drinking water. And if it does kill you, could your coffin have COVID? Find out next on Scared at Five, your home for news so good it's terrifying. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. No higher medical authority than Nancy Pelosi weighing in on Biden's declaration that the pandemic is over. Nancy Pelosi is a total dingbat. This isn't the best audio in the world, but I have to play this for you because Pelosi was asked if the pandemic is over. Listen to what she says. Clip four. Do you agree the pandemic is over, Madam Speaker? I believe that we have. Um, yeah. We need some more resources to be sure that it's over. We need some more sources. Before we know that it's over. You're not telling me the truth. It's over, guys. Okay, why won't she say it's over again and again and again? Because they're getting rich off the pandemic. Please give us money. Every single time you hear the word COVID, that's what they're saying to you. Pay me. Come on, pay up. Let's go. We need some cash. Come on, let's go. Okay, understand they've used this as a Trojan horse for everything. Student loan forgiveness is tied to this right now. That's crazy. And you want to know why else they're really mad? Okay, because I own a politics to English dictionary. I tell you, like, I'm not a genius. Nobody would ever copy off me on a test. But I know how to translate political words and deeds into the basic English language that you and I like to speak. Okay, COVID has given Democrats something called proxy voting. They used proxy voting to stay home and do their business from anywhere they wanted in the world. It's like working remotely. So instead of having to go to Washington to vote on stuff, the Democrats could be somewhere like, oh, I don't know, a celebrity wedding over in Europe where Mondaire Jones got caught proxy voting. He's like, ah, we can't come to to D.C. It's too dangerous to travel right now, COVID. But if anybody needs me, I'll be at the swim-up bar. That's what he did. He got caught doing that. Democrats are so full of crap. And in the politics to English dictionary, one of the other reasons they're so mad at Biden for saying COVID, the pandemic is over, is because proxy voting expires this week on the 24th. And it's going to be really hard to renew and keep on voting at the swim up bar if Biden says the pandemic's over. Oh, Don't sleep on us community college kids. We know stuff. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
I should remind everybody listening around the world. One of our broadcast partners, station I visited myself with Jenny and Lincoln out in Idaho Falls, uh, the great KID. Uh, They have, of course, partnered with the Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital, which is 100 years old this year, same age as Joe Biden. But the Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital and KID Rich Broadcasting are now engaged in their 11th annual Radiothon. It goes down today and tomorrow. So if you want to donate to a phenomenal cause, feel better about all the debauchery you get into after listening to this show, uh, my advice is the website, give, G-I-V-E-2, the number two, give to primarychildrens.org. Okay, it's the 11th annual Radiothon. It's going on today and tomorrow. Uh, I will read you the press release. The Intermountain Foundation of Rich Broadcasting invite you to support the 2022 Idaho Radiothon. The proceeds from this year's event will continue to support Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital in building the nation's model health system for children. Uh, In particular, this year, your gifts will help critical areas, including charity, care, bereavement, support, music therapy, and more. In 2021, Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital provided care and life-saving treatment to 6,685 children in Idaho. With your support, we can further benefit children and and families from your community who receive specialized care at Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital. So if you've got it in you, if you've got a few bucks laying around, uh, it is give to primarychildrens.org. Give, the number two, primarychildrens.org. Uh, I made my donation earlier today uh, because it's going to take a lifetime supply of donations to atone for my 20s. I was a mess. <laughs> It's like a population control device. So you can hit me up for anything. And I'm donating uh, because I got to give it away before the IRS gets to me. They just expanded the IRS by 87,000 agents on the back of this last bill. That can't be good. Remember that? The Inflation Reduction Act that didn't reduce inflation, but it did increase the size of the IRS by 87,000 agents. Uh, I got to be honest, folks, as a taxpaying American. I got a bad feeling about this. Not good. Uh, You know what else I got a bad feeling about really quickly? Uh, Medical advice from Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg is, of course, a woman on The View who famously recommended that Jill Biden be the Surgeon General. Dr. Jill becomes the Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah. Because Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, she he would it. never do it. But she, it, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was a doctor like in PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I, don't oh, I could know. be wrong. Maybe I thought she was yeah, a teacher. I think she, I she's, she's oh. a teacher, but. <laughs> you don't have a clue. <laughs> Can you imagine being that stupid? I think Joe Biden should be the Surgeon General because she's a great doctor. <laughs> she's not a doctor. But anyway, moving forward, Whoopi Goldberg back in the medical game yesterday saying on The View, maybe it's time to go back for masks for flu season. That's what she said. Clip eight. It's all the stuff that we know and didn't do during the flu. Yeah. What we all figured out was when we were wearing the masks, no one got sick. Yeah. I like. So maybe if you're worried about the flu season, which is. Yeah. You know, coming right on us and we're going to be around people. Maybe it is time to remask to get through that yeah. or, you know, leave it out and see what happens. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. OK, yo, hold on a second. Nobody got sick when we were wearing masks. Did anybody did that was that a thing? Did wait what? No. The answer would be no. 
Will you shut up? Nobody has any idea. This is all us against them. I don't do us against them media. I'm just not into it, man. We need, like, actual solutions. We need to help. We have a really broken society. Why does she want to go back to masks? Do we have any data? Any? Zero. Zip. Zilch. Any data that says masks work? The answer would be no. And if they do work, though, just assume you're out there. You, you're Whoopi Goldberg. You believe they work. Okay? If you believe they work. Masks work. we got to go back to masks. we got this flu season. The masks protect us. If that's the case, put on your mask. You don't have to worry about whether or not I'm wearing one. That's true. That is true. Okay, but the reason they want it mandatory is because it gives them a culture war issue to say, hey, we know better. We're smarter than you. Tune into The View tomorrow so more gassy-aged middle-aged women can applaud us for giving out bad scientific advice. Don't ever forget they were leading the charge to shame the unvaccinated, flat out saying shame on you. Okay, because this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's what they told us. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, unvaccinated people are getting COVID at the same rates of, are you ready for it? Vaccinated people. Vaxxed and boosted people are getting COVID as much as anybody. But that didn't stop the view and their moral superiority and their self-righteousness from heaping shame under the unvaccinated. Listen to this montage because it's not just the view. Not getting vaccines. It's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. The f*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons. Who will not get the shot? Shame on you. (laughs) We have to stop coddling the morons who don't get the shot. You shut your mouth, you bastard. God love you if you didn't get the shot. I did. I got the Johnson and Johnson. What they didn't tell me is it was Magic Johnson and Keyshawn Johnson. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Oh, my goodness gracious. If you had a nickel for every time I mentioned that on this show in the last year and a half, you would be loaded. No, but the point is I did get vaccinated. Um, But the people who didn't understand are not contracting COVID at a higher rate than the rest of us. So this idea that things need to be mandatory is not there to deal with science. It's there to deal with self-righteousness. It's there to deal with moral superiority. See, the Democrats, they're not problem solvers. They don't want to solve problems. Okay, they very much want to run on problems. Tell them like it is. Okay, I'll give you a good example. The border. Okay, I was on America's Newsroom this morning with Bill Hemmer and Dana Perino and, and like actually like, lo- like losing my on the show. Okay, which is not my place. My job on TV is to be the family dog. You know, I show up, hey, Jimmy's here. He's wagging his tail, pet his stomach, throw him a tennis ball. Look, he's got jokes. That's what I do. Okay, I'm giving you very serious analysis, but I'm always coming from a good place, from a good mood, you know, Uh, because, I again, I appreciate my good fortune. And, and, uh, you know, I just see that as my role. Like, I'm a dog with a job. You know, when you go to the airport. And the dog's always sitting there wagging his tail while he sniffs the bags because he can't believe they're counting on him to save the plane. Okay, that's me. Every time I walk out on a TV set, I'm like, I can't believe they're counting on me to save this TV hit. <laughs> can't believe it. Okay, so I'm always in a good mood. But when it comes to the border, okay, I'm losing my mind right now because I cover this story every day. Fentanyl is the leading cause of death for American adults. Start there. Wide open border. 
has resulted in 115,000 fentanyl deaths this year. Not Republican deaths, American deaths. Republican, Democrat, Independent, Libertarian, doesn't matter who you voted for because fentanyl has no idea. It just kills you, okay? Kills adults, kills kids, okay? It is beyond a humanitarian crisis on this side of the border. On that side of the border, you've got that secondary humanitarian crisis, which is cartels smuggling migrants. We've got two incidents over the summer in June and July of 50-plus people in tractor trailers suffocating to death. Okay, not a word about that being inhumane. But 50 people in an air-conditioned bus going up to Martha's Vineyard, Democrats lose their mind. Why? Because it gives them moral superiority. They're not interested in the suffering of these migrants. They're not interested in the securing of our border. What they're interested in is using this issue as a way to sell their base that they know better than you. He knows what he's talking about. That's what this is all about. Uh, At least we're not human traffickers like Ron DeSantis. You believe that guy? Not even close. Yo, if he's a human trafficker, Joe Biden should die in prison. Ron DeSantis sent 50 people to Martha's Vineyard. Joe Biden has shipped tens of thousands of people around the country in the middle of the night, and they admit to it. So is there really a difference between what one guy's doing and the other's doing? The answer would be no. Actually, there is a difference. DeSantis is shipping migrants to bring attention to the border problem. Biden is shipping migrants to avoid discussing the problem. He's relocating them. Why? Because he doesn't want people to see overcrowded border facilities and go, hey, what the hell's going on at the border? So they've been shipping them out in the middle of the night. But that allowed their base to say, what? Oh, DeSantis, how dare this guy try to draw attention to a border that's killing Americans in record numbers? How dare this guy try to bring attention to a crisis that's getting 30 percent of the migrant women raped? Come on, what kind of an animal would do that? But this is what they get on TV and do because they're not interested in solving problems. They are interested in moral superiority. So here's DeSantis. He's on with Sean Hannity last night. DeSantis talking about the migrants and how they voluntarily went to Martha's Vineyard. And this is, again, the fraud of this whole issue is Democrats keep portraying this as if the migrants were hanging out at the Ritz-Carlton. DeSantis showed up, kicked down the door and was like, you're out of here. Put down that room service. Take off that terry cloth robe. You are going to Martha's Vineyard. That's not how this went down. They weren't kidnapped. They weren't forced against their will. Here's DeSantis's words. Clip 10. They all signed consent forms to go. And then the vendor that that is doing this for Florida provided them with a packet that had a map of Martha's Vineyard. It had the numbers for different services on Martha's Vineyard. And then it had numbers for the overall agencies in Massachusetts that handle things involving immigration and refugees. So it was clearly voluntary. And all the other nonsense you're hearing um, is just not true. And and why wouldn't they want to go, given where they were? They were in really, really bad shape. uh, And they got to be cleaned up, everything treated well, and then put in a situation. Because, Sean, there are jobs available in Martha's Vineyard. There is lodging available in Martha's Vineyard. Had they lived up to their what they build themselves at as a sanctuary jurisdiction, they could have absorbed those people without a problem. The force is strong with this one. And understand, Martha's Vineyard takes in 150,000 tourists a season. 150,000. So this idea Oh, we don't have the resources to take these. We just can't. We Stop lying to us. They have the resources. They just don't want to take them in. Why? Because if 50 come and they take care of them, guess what? They might get another 50. They might get another 100. And they don't want them around. 
Okay, they don't care about the people. If they cared about the people, they would have been speaking up when the people were dying in tractor trailers. Here's DeSantis saying as much. Clip 14. He didn't scramble to get his cabinet together when we had millions of people illegally pouring across the southern border. He didn't scramble to get his cabinet together when you had 43, 53 migrants die in some trailer in Texas because they were neglected by the federal government. You didn't see him scramble to get his cabinet together when we had Americans that were victimized by criminal aliens that he led across the border. You didn't see him scramble to get his cabinet together when we hit record fentanyl deaths, which that fentanyl is coming across his open border. It's only when you have 50 illegal aliens end up in a very wealthy, rich sanctuary enclave that he decides to scramble on this. <laughs> and what is he saying to Joe Biden and all the Democrats calling this human trafficking? This is total crap. You know what? Here's Charlemagne the God. You hear Charles McBee on this show a lot. He's the head writer for Charlemagne. Well, last night on Charlemagne's show, uh, he flat out said DeSantis is a genius for doing this. Clip 20. Just in time for Hispanic Heritage Month, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis upped the game by sending two plane folds of immigrants to the East Coast elite's favorite vacation island, Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. I personally think it's genius. <laughs> but I wish that governors like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott would give Democratic governors and mayors more of a heads up, because then that would expose the hypocrisy of the Democrats, which is they don't want immigrants here either. No, they do not. Not even a little bit. Yo, all of those tolerant, inclusive, hate-has-no-home-here Democrats in Martha's Vineyard, they're like, hate has no home here! And neither do Venezuelans! That's just how white folks will do you. (laughs) Hate has no home here, and neither do you! Get on the bus right now! Get the f*** out of here! Yo, they were there 24 hours. They got kicked out. But again... Okay, the people on the other side of this debate that are selling moral superiority want you to believe that these are human traffickers, this is kidnapping. Okay, Laura Coates on CNN said Abbott and DeSantis are putting segregationists to shame. This is clip 21. Now, the numbers racked up by Governors Abbott and DeSantis put the segregationists of that dark period, well, frankly, to shame in the numbers alone. (laughs) Now, the reverse Freedom Riders, they tricked about... 200 people into getting onto a bus. Mm. 199 or maybe even 200, far too many. Well, today's Republicans have moved more than 9,000 people and are promising more. You were lying your ass off. They moved 50 people. Okay, yes, I'd like to see them move more. But you know what I'd like to see even more than that? Somebody to start pretending the border crisis is a real issue for all Americans. Ron DeSantis is not the bad guy for trying to get an inactive government that is derelict in its duty to protect Americans to address a crisis that has killed 115,000 of us. He's not the bad guy for trying to get the government to address a crisis that has seen over 100 migrants die in tractor trailers, a few hundred thousand women get raped, families are drowning in rivers, okay? The idea that Ron DeSantis wants to force Biden to address that does not make him the bad guy. The fact that Biden even needs to be poked and prodded into doing so is everything you need to know about who the bad guy is here. And here's a newsflash. It's not the guy governing the state of Florida. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. 
The show that's standing up to big tech. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Busy day on the show. Nate Foy is coming up. Steve Ducey is coming up. Democratic strategist Jessica Tarloff going to be here. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Stop it. She's my friend. We talk across the aisle on this show. Listen, Republicans don't hate Democrats. That drives me crazy when Biden says that. We don't We don't hate you at all. We think you're hilarious. So many of these policies, so stupid, especially the border. You know who's not buying it? Steve. Steve is down in Pensacola, Florida. Yo, Steve. Oh, Jimmy, you're the greatest. And your staff is also. Oh, well, well, don't go giving Mikey a big head. Mikey already thinks the world of himself. You got to see him at a happy hour. I'm going to tell you who is the greatest. Mm -hmm. Friday with Lincoln is just (laughs) classic. I mean, I really enjoy it. And I wish them well and their football endeavors. But, yeah, we see along the the immigration, along Uh the I-10 corridor here Mm -hmm. from New Orleans, Pensacola, Mobile, all the way to St. Augustine in the Clearwater. I work along the beaches, and I'm just going to tell you, the beaches are full. I'm full of immigrants on the weekend now. It's just literally thousands of them mm-hmm. that come down, and I love them. I love everybody. Uh, of course, I hope everybody picks up their trash when they leave the beach. Most mm-hmm. people don't. Mm-hmm. But the deal is, they, you know, you see 30, 40 of them underneath a tent, and it's every other tent now. And so I see it firsthand. And listen, they're paying cash. My question is, they're staying in these eight, nine hundred dollar room hotels along the beach. Who the hell's paying for that? I don't know, but I gotta, f- I gotta find that guy because they're not putting me in the eight hundred dollar hotel. Well, well, there's no <laughs> doubt. I mean, you don't even get that. I mean, I saw you up in, I, I saw you up in Vermont, and listen, there's not a hotel up there that's worth it. <laughs> hotel? I think I stayed in my car for that one. Uh Steve, you're making brilliant points. We're running up against a hard break. I will pass along your kind words to Lincoln, who will be joining us again this Friday to preview week three. Uh, Back after this, we got Nate Foy. More of your calls on Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl. Here we go. Here we go. Getting ready. For a big hour, number two on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Nate Foy is going to be here. He is, of course, a superstar Fox News reporter correspondent. He's been over at the Port Authority bus terminal across town greeting migrant buses that have been sent here from the great state of Texas in an attempt to do what? Oh, I don't know. Bring attention to the wide open border. So far, we haven't gotten anything in the way of an effort to shut the border. What we have gotten a lot of straw man accusations about racism. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. And you want to know something? It's just not working anymore. Uh, 888-788-9910. We're going to talk about the midterms for a little bit here off the tippy top of the hour because Nate Foy is also covering the race out in Pennsylvania between Dr. Oz and John Fetterman. And one of the big issues now as the race turns slightly more substantive Okay, Oz was, you know, taking some shots at Fetterman's health, which, to be clear, okay, I don't like the idea of targeting anybody in ill health. I just it's not a thing I like to do. But it's fair to raise the question of is this guy fit to serve? Because we have already elected one guy who, let's be honest, 
not exactly fit to serve. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, we have a president that is clearly not all there. And I do think a lot of people, you know, obviously have buyer's remorse over Biden and do wish that they might have, you know, subjected him to a little more scrutiny on the job. It's one of the reasons he's facing so many questions now about 2024. But I'm like, dude, Biden didn't run in 2020, let alone 2024. He could not physically withstand the rigors of a real campaign where you're doing three, four events a day. Okay, in 2020, he got to stay home. He was in his house. The pandemic allowed him to campaign remotely, which meant most of his surrogates did the campaigning. They only occasionally let him log on to a Zoom, and that never lasted long because they didn't know what was going to come out of his mouth. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Not good. So they limited his exposure in 2020 to win the presidency. Okay, in 2024, absent a pandemic, Biden can't get out there and run again. And everybody kind of knows that. But the bigger issue is not his physical stamina. The bigger issue are his policies. Let's start here because this is the bigger liability for John Fetterman. I, yeah, listen, the guy had a debilitating stroke and it does take him a long time to complete sentences. OK, we do also know he has a heart condition uh, that's resulted in the use of a pacemaker. OK, these are not ideal things uh, for the rigors of working in the Senate. That being said, if he can do the job, I'd be fine with him doing the job if he were to do it well. And I certainly don't wish him any ill will. Uh, But where his campaign is having real health issues is not with the physical candidate, but with the policies he has supported. Okay, John Fetterman, who for all intents and purposes is a rubber stamp for the Biden agenda, that's a bad position to be in, even according to MSNBC, who was discussing their own poll findings last night in that. The vast majority of Americans think Joe Biden's policies are hurting the economy. Come on, man. No, they're not coming on. That's the problem. Listen to this poll. It's clip 40. What hovers all over all of this, though, is, again, the economy. You saw the Republican advantage on the economy. And when you ask this question about Joe Biden, the effect his policies have had in the economy, a two to one margin, folks saying it's more hurt the economy than help the economy. So ultimately, what the Republicans hope here is you know, abortions taken center stage this summer. Donald Trump, uh, his numbers aren't very good in this poll. He took center stage this summer, this summer, and this summer has seen that generic ballot get tighter and draw even in our poll, what Republicans hope is that ultimately between now and Election Day, it's the economy that reemerges at the fore. Biden sucks. Okay, let's start here. And Karnaki, like, honestly, what he just said was idiotic as well. And the reason I say that is because the economy, okay, is the number one issue on the ballot. It never changed. Not when they overturned Roe versus Wade. Not when they raided Mar-a-Lago. Do you know what the number one issue was on the polls every single week? It was the economy. Inflation is the number one issue. So when they child abortion took center stage, no, it didn't. Abortion hasn't cracked the top five. Neither has climate change. Okay, Mar-a-Lago hasn't cracked the top five. As much as people are outraged by the FBI's conduct, and I think for good reason, okay, the number one issue has always been the economy. Okay, and it's the reason the Democrats are in trouble. The media's priorities are not your priorities. Like the media, like, oh, climate change got passed. That's a really big deal. And the rest of America is like, I don't care. 
Okay, even the overturning of Roe versus Wade, you understand that's a big deal in blue states, blue states that are going to have abortion. So it's not going to change the trajectory of the midterms because the states that want abortion were already voting Democrat. What are they just going to vote more Democrat? Oh, now instead of winning New York by 40 percent, they're going to win it by 48 percent. Big deal. They won. Doesn't matter. Okay, but this is the issue in Pennsylvania. Okay, Fetterman has taken positions, you know, in the past he's talked about letting murderers out of prison, (laughs) which is not, I'm not even, I mean, that's like an actual real thing. Oh, we got to empty the jails. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, we've seen a lot of stupid positions taken by the guy. And if Dr. Oz was smart, he would make this a more substantive race only because, you know, attacking a guy's health is never going to win you any, you know, any favor from voters who were on the fence and could go either way. If anything, they're going to have more questions about your character and your ability to lead. So let me give you this. Fetterman's campaign walking back comments he made a year ago, which called for a all second degree murderers to be released from Pennsylvania's prisons. What the hell did you just say? Okay, in 2021, he commissioned two reports released by Philadelphia Lawyers for Social Equity that recommended the BOP, uh, Bureau of Prisons, consider merit-based clemency for currently incarcerated second-degree murderers. What the hell is the world coming to? Let me just jump in really quick, okay? You don't let anybody out of jail in the name of equity. Equity, that is garbage. You want to know why? Because you're hooking up the lawbreakers at the expense of the law-abiding citizen. That's true. That is true. Okay, when you look at the high rates of criminal recidivism in this country, 90% of violent crimes are committed against members of the same race. So if you let a criminal out of jail, say it's a white criminal, you're letting him out in the name of equity, which is obviously never going to happen, but if you're letting a white criminal out of jail in the name of equity, okay, that high rate of recidivism means there's a very good chance he's going to commit that same crime against a white person again. Just like if you were letting a black criminal out of jail, the high rate of recidivism makes it highly likely that he commits that same level of violent crime against a member of that same community. And it goes on and on down the line. Things like equity are garbage. They're tools designed to, for liberals to wield in the name of power, but they don't ever improve the lives of anybody in society, let alone the communities they're trying to protect. If you don't ask me, check the crime stats after defund the police. Who did that help? Did it actually help the black community? The answer would be no. Their murder rate's up over 35%, but plenty of people got rich off defund the police. Plenty of people got rich off Black Lives Matter. Pay up, suckers. Yep, because guilty white people were like, I want to feel better about myself, so I'll donate to these grifters who don't really care. But here it is. These Fetterman reports also recommended the state legislature to reform the law that mandates life sentences without parole for second-degree murder convictions. At the time, Fetterman claimed that he commissioned the report in a call for mercy for the deserving and rehabilitated. During a conference in March of 21, uh, he said he hoped the report's findings would lead to a conversation that would free close to 1,200 people. Uh, Back in November, he was asked what is the one thing that he would have and wave a magic wand to fix, to which he responded, life without parole in Pennsylvania. We could save billions in revenue long term. We could save thousands of lives and not make anyone less safe. Wrong. Dude, if you free 1,200 second-degree murderers and you tell me, 
okay, that we're not making anyone less safe? Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. No, no, we're just going to let 1,200 murderers out of prison. That's going to make everything feel so much safer. Hey, you've got to be a moron. You've got to be a moron. Could you imagine having a neighborhood watch committee? No, you don't understand, man. That's crime is up. People aren't feeling safe in the neighborhood these days. I'll tell you what we need to do. We should uh, release 1,200 murderers. That'll make everybody feel a little more safe. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Come on, Fetterman. These are the kinds of policies Dr. Oz should be talking about. Okay, he shouldn't be talking about Fetterman's health. He's talking about the health of the citizens of Pennsylvania. You're listening out on Connect FM right now. You're listening on JAS. And you got this lunatic talking about emptying prisons. I mean, obviously, they're trying to walk back the statements. Okay, his spokesperson told Fox Digital in a statement that the candidate supports, here's the term, common sense criminal justice reforms that keep Pennsylvanians safe and protected while saving taxpayers money. Okay. Don't change the subject. Just answer the f***ing question. They're not answering the question. The question was, hey, did he really advocate for releasing second-degree murderers from prison? And what did they say? Common sense criminal justice reforms. Common sense criminal justice reforms is Democrat for this is a really terrible idea if we say it the way we're supposed to say it. So we're going to frame it as common sense. That is correct. Okay, it's like when Obama says common sense gun laws. What do common sense gun laws mean? This is something none of you would agree with. We're going to take away your guns. Oh, it's common sense, these gun laws. Because you hear, you know, and when you frame it like that, people say, well, I, I like common sense gun laws. I mean, it's only common sense, you know. It's no different than calling something the Inflation Reduction Act. And people go, oh, I'd, I'd love inflation reduction. It's at a 40-year high. And then they pass a bill called the Inflation Reduction Act. And uh, as it comes to lowering inflation, doesn't actually do it. So the one thing again and again I would tell Republicans running is that if you run on the issues like the Glenn Youngkin model in Virginia, you win elections. okay? because people are really being let down by elected leadership right now. Whether it's schools, whether it's crime, whether it's the border, whether it's inflation, people are getting screwed. The quality of life in this country has fallen off a cliff under Joe Biden, made worse by his mismanagement of the pandemic. We didn't need vaccine mandates. We know that now. We didn't need to shut down businesses and schools for as long as we did. We didn't need to force kids out of the classroom. Look what that did to the suicide rates and the incidence of self-harm for teenagers. But these are the types of policies the Democrats push. They're now conveniently trying to distance themselves from some of them. But Fetterman's a guy who's been right there with all the social justice initiatives from day one. Okay, his spokesperson, his spokesperson also said he believes there are people who deserve to spend their life, the rest of their life in prison for the crimes they've committed. But the decision to do this should be left to judges and parole boards, not politicians in Harrisburg. Fetterman campaign also claims his 2021 remarks at the conference are being taken out of context. And it's not clear based on the candidate's phrasing at the time that he was talking about freeing people from prison. So, you know, when he said we'll let 1,200 people out of jail, he didn't mean we'll let 1,200 people out of jail. He just meant, you know, I you know, we could potentially let 12. I'm like, come on, man. You know what you said, said during the visit, uh, because Dr. Oz was in Philadelphia uh, on Monday. Uh, He went to the center of the opioid crisis. He said, being here today and listening to your stories, some inspiring and some heartbreaking is my number one job, both as a candidate and your next senator. A big part of it is creating more opportunities in your communities so that we can begin to break cycles and build both wealth and more possibilities for success. 
Now, what he's really doing there is honing in on a local issue. They have a monster crime problem in Philadelphia. They have a monster opioid problem. Not just Philadelphia. Look at surrounding towns like Kensington and stuff like that. People are a mess, okay, out there in South Jersey, in Pennsylvania itself, and all around the peripheral area. They have let the quality of light deteriorate uh, in such spectacular fashion. And the reason it's there is because all of these tolerant, woke policies. Everything woke turns to Okay, you're not helping society by letting murderers go free. You're not helping society by saying, ah, oh, let the junkies be. We need safe site injection points where people can just shoot up their head. No, no, no. We should be helping them kick the addiction not flat out saying, no, you know, we got a school bus stop. There's no reason it needs to be 100 feet wide. Make it 50 so we can have room for the junkies to shoot up. Have you been up to Washington Heights here in New York? Have you seen the videos in San Francisco and in Hollywood where kids are getting off school buses, stepping over junkies, shooting up at safe injection sites? It's disgusting, man. I'm not saying that as a Republican. I'm saying that as a human being. You know, you're willing to get in a society whatever you're willing to tolerate. If you're willing to tolerate high rates of violent crime, you're going to get high rates of violent crime. You're willing to, you know, tolerate tons of junkies on the sidewalks, you're going to get more of it. That's what you get. You get what you're willing to accept. Okay, a vote for a guy like John Fetterman, forget his health and his stroke and his heart condition, wish the guy the best of luck, man. Okay, just understand that the vote for him is not wishing the best of luck for your surrounding communities, because I'll say it again. When it comes to all of these woke social justice initiatives, everything woke turns to the show that always has a giant smile on its face. All day long, I just want to make everybody happy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking with the great Nate Foy here in a minute, but right now, Joe batting leadoff. He is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yo, Joe. Ah, what's happening, brother Jimmy? My man. Uh, we're, we're doing it. Uh, you know, a little bit of a mess down at the border right now. You know, the Steelers play good defense. Could we get some Steelers to tackle people at the border? T.J. Watt's got nothing to do. Yeah, but he's hurt right now. I mean, that'd be good practice for him, though, to heal up, go down there and take care of some of them, huh? It's a mess, man. It's a mess. Uh, but this, this fentanyl crisis, obviously, as you know, it's not just at the border. It's everywhere. It is. It is. And, you know, that's what I was telling the screener. I'm actually calling out of Ambridge, but I figured uh, oh. if I told him that, they'd have been like, oh, you know, the old Trump, get him out of here. Deal. No, no. Hold but, on. Uh, Do you know my uncle Sam? Uh, I have a lot of Polish Falcons in my family that are from Ambridge. That would actually got you through well, quicker. Well, that's I, I remember I heard you talking about that previous. I, I do not, but uh, you know the the roots run deeper on here, so I'm sure somebody yep. somebody does. That guy was giving me that's Iron done. City beer when I was five years old. I was drinking Iron City Lights at the Polish Falcons Club in Ambridge. But uh, yeah, talk to me yeah. about fentanyl while you got me on the line. No, that's what I wanted to say. Was I was listening earlier uh, to a show earlier, and the guy had said something about you know 300 deaths on average a day, and. Uh, He's he said uh, that's like the equivalent of a commercial airline passenger airline crashing every single day, mm-hmm. and I was it, it like put it into perspective for me. I was like, wow, could you imagine like if 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 an airplane was crashing every single day and three hundred people were getting killed? Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be uh, at the forefront of uh, everything. Yep. So I mean, you know, it's a, it's a 
crisis and people are dying and, and it just seems like they just want to keep passing the buck on to somebody else or not taking any responsibility. Yep. So. No, it's true. Okay. And, and, the, and the truth is for them, they're more concerned with the political cost than the human cost because in their eyes, these people are going to die anyway. They must be junkies or, you know, who even cares? So it's been more right. important this week to call DeSantis a human trafficker than it has been to tackle actual human traffickers. Like they're making a billion dollars trafficking people at the border. We're not launching an investigation into that. We're launching an investigation into the governor of Florida, which to me seems like we're fighting the wrong battles. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so you, you said it. Maybe T.J. Watt needs to skip the border and go tackle a few Democrats. I don't know what to tell you, but uh, I pay money to see that all day. You better believe it. Uh, Joe, uh, your Ambridge money is always good here. Next time, lead with that. We love the Falcons. We love Ambridge. We love the Steelers. Uh, quick call. Uh, quick break now. Nate Foy showing up to talk more Pennsylvania when we come back on Fox Across America. reality with a bit of insanity it's fox across america with jimmy Fallon. oh you bet it is we are fired up to talk to this next guest not only a superstar fox news national correspondent pound for pound maybe the best tie game in cable news no one's really? talking about it on the air enough <laughs> but i sure am nate foy is here hey nate foy hey thank you very much for having me let's have this talk okay about ties yeah well we're definitely going to start with ties this is a very superficial show <laughs> if you haven't figured it out from the studio what i'm doing is i'm putting everybody vitamins in their applesauce. Okay. We cover a lot of hard news, yeah. but you don't feel it on this show. Yeah. It's a lot of song and dance. I make balloon animals. There's card tricks. There's a lot going on. Play your cards right. I'll make you the giraffe. Whatever you're into. Okay. All right. Okay, but no, when you come come on the air at Fox, did you start with Nate Foy's ties and work your way down the wardrobe, or sh- should I give uh, the wardrobe team, Manny and Jenna and everybody in between, some credit? Because that's a dope tie. So the wardrobe team is phenomenal. Yes, they are. Uh, and I'm not taking shots here, uh-huh. but generally the com- the compliments that I've gotten so far are from my own picks. Oh, that sounds like a shot. And I know they're listening. <laughs> I kid. That's no, a great one. It's a great. No, Thank that, you. That's, well, that's, yesterday, you know, hold on. No, I don't mean to cut you off, but I have to. Because yesterday you wore a green and white tie. You were on with Martha. And it was. A, it okay. Was, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I, I remember know, it now. I just want you to know this. I noticed stuff like this because the way I made myself survive here at Fox in the beginning was with a lot of razzle dazzle. Like you come in with a background and you look like you should be on TV. I showed up with like a taxi license. So I had to do a lot of like distraction tactics to survive my initial hits. Well, you'll, you'll be happy to learn that I wore blue today because I remember on some hit on America's Newsroom not long ago, you said blue is a slimming color. Yes. You're paying attention. So I'm paying attention, yeah. So I said to the camera directly, like, I let my secrets out, okay? I am like a – you're a national I can't believe you remember the exact tie that I wore yesterday. <laughs> no. I don't remember the tie that I'm I wore yesterday. Nate Foy, I'm on to you, man. Because you understand, I, I, I told this to our, to our viewer. I said it's, a, it's an optical illusion guys can pull when we're not in shape is if you start matching colors to your eyes, you start matching your ties to your eyes. It's an optical illusion. It's more slimming in front of the camera. And it's a lot easier for me than going to the gym some days. It's like, I'll just wear navy. You know what I'm saying? So I will, you know, I I guess kind of gave a shot to the wardrobe department, not intentionally. No, they love you. They don't care. But I will also add that I have no idea how to dress myself. So these are my picks, but I don't know how to put it all together. So I will (laughs) oftentimes stop by, you know, Manny's office and say, okay, does this pocket square work with this tie and this shirt? They're legendary. Yeah, they're great. They're great. And and, um, what I would say about them in general is like, 
I have two people like living. I have like a schizophrenic personality on TV from a fashion standpoint in that I'm expected to dress like an adult during the day. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be sitting in America's newsroom and news breaks and I'm in leopard print. You know what I mean? <laughs> you look like an idiot. And I know that without them putting the shock collar on me, but they put it on anyway. You know what I mean? They remote control it till I get to the okay. set and they approve of the outfit and then they let go of the voltage. <laughs> but at night I do this other thing where I look like a, a figure skater who let himself go. You know, during the lockdown, what a lot does of that loud, look like? give, a lot of gold, a, a lot of wild here. stuff. Right. Oh, I'll show you some Sparkles. of the stuff I wear on Gutfeld. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look like I'm fronting a Liberace cover band for all intents and purposes. And uh, I always I love, you know, because I'm putting them in a difficult position. You dress like an adult 24 hours a day. I don't. But they're the nicest people in the world. So they don't want to just flat out be like, take that off, you idiot. Well, so I definitely look like an idiot when I go out. And I want to ask you, because you're, okay. you're a pretty big guy. Mm-hmm. And how tall are you? 6'1". Uh, 6'1". Six one. Six one. But okay. you're 7'3". I'm 6'8". Six eight. You're 6'8". Six eight. Like six eight. Yeah, go ahead. And because I'm so tall, people are looking at me anyway when uh-huh. I walk into a bar. And I feel like that kind of gives me some leeway to dress ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because you're going to stand out either you're way. You're already a parade float. Exactly. And I'm wondering <laughs> what you think of that take. No, that works, man. You got to do the thing. It's all about owning your space in life. Whatever you do, you're supposed to do it with a great degree of confidence. And yeah. people just go with it. Like one of the things I do here, from my uh, ascent uh, in the tail end of like 2016 when I got started here, is I speak in a lot of positive cliches that mean nothing. Like people see me, <laughs> people see me in the elevator. You, you own it. Oh, it's great. People see me in the elevator. Like, how you doing? I'm like making moves. And I don't know what that means, but people are like, this guy's making moves. Dude, when we ran into the coffee bar today and you yeah. called yourself the Kool-Aid of Fox News, I thought that was a phenomenal joke. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> I just roller skate into the room like, oh, yeah, and it works, and I don't know what I'm doing. And I mention this a lot on the air to our viewers so they understand this confidence scheme can be weaponized by them as well. Just show up like you belong there with a smile on your face. You know what I always say, Nate Foy? you got to be a dog with a job. You know when you go to the airport and you always see the dog sniffing the bags, he's always wagging his tail, he's always in a good mood because he can't believe they're counting on him to save the plane? Yeah. If you have that disposition, like, it's irresistible. People get it. They want to root for something positive. So it works. Yeah, especially right now. You know, I'm the new guy, so you you better be a joy to be around. (laughs) No one wants to hear the new guy's complaints. Exactly. Come on, Nate Foy. You just got here. (laughs) Our national correspondent, Nate Foy, the self-proclaimed new guy in studio. Um, I know you were covering migrant arrivals at Port Authority, but do I understand correctly that you started covering the Fetterman-Dr. Oz race in Pennsylvania? Correct. Been on that for the past couple days. So there you go. So is that race turning a little more substantive now? It is. is we're getting closer to Election Day. So a new poll has Oz within two points. Okay. Fetterman is definitely still the favorite, but mm-hmm. Oz appears to be making it more competitive. Early voting started yesterday, uh-huh. so we're kind of in the home stretch right here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fetterman's campaigning tonight. He's got another event this weekend in Philly. Oz hasn't announced his next campaign event, but he was in Philly yesterday talking mm-hmm. about crime, which yep. I'm sure you know is a little bit of an issue. It's a big issue in Philly. Crime, opioids, big yeah. mess, man. More shootings in Philadelphia so far this year than New York and Los Angeles. New York has something like, what, 8.5 million people. Philly's wow. like 1.6. But when basketball starts, a lot of Knicks fans will shoot themselves, so that number catches up a little bit. I don't know if there's anything that can save Knicks fans. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Foy, <laughs> taking shots, pile it on. Where did you grow up? Up, by the way, I grew up in Westboro, Massachusetts, about 45 minutes west of Boston. Yes, you did, man. So oh. I had just an absolutely charmed experience as a sports fan growing <laughs> up. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, uh, it's funny. I back in the day, I dated a girl from Fitchburg, Mass. I'm sorry to hear. I that. know we used to hang out on. 
Mount Wachusett. <laughs> yep. Your people. Yeah, yeah, A lot yeah. of people getting drunk, drinking all those Boston. Sam Summer, Sam Seasonal. Oh, yeah. A lot of that went on. Yep. Uh, but I was taught to hate your people, you know, as a child, because I grew up in a big Yankee house. And, like, actual hatred. But uh, what I'm always fascinated by with the Boston sports fan is, you know, if you were at a Yankee game, you're going to hear some Red Sox suck chants no matter who they're playing. But you can be at any event in New England and hear a Yankee suck chant. It doesn't have to be a sporting event. Totally. I would say there's no team that I grew up hating more than the Yankees. Now, uh-huh. right now that's not true because yeah, yeah. my interest in baseball has waned as I've gotten older. Uh-huh. Um, but – Growing up at Fenway Park, I mean, I heard things that <laughs> really made me grow up quickly. And, That's a great way to say it. And you don't really experience that at Fenway anymore. They've turned it into a much more family-friendly environment, which obviously if you have kids, that's exactly yeah. what you want. But as yeah. a relatively young single guy, yeah. I think it's just less fun. Yeah, because you no. were going there to cheat death in a way. You know, like, like yeah. I saw the first naked woman in my life at a Red Sox game, Red Sox-Yankees <laughs> game, a streaker. It was it was just a wild environment. And then, you know, you, you have fans fighting, people yelling inappropriate yeah. things. And again, if you're a parent, obviously you don't like that. Well, but. You know what? Here's a good point I'll make. It's a good observation. I was going to Yankee games in the 80s. Same thing. The first time my mom smacked me, we were in the Bronx Terminal Market after a game getting rerouted uh, to the Cross Bronx. And I saw what I knew to be a prostitute. And I sat in the car with my dad driving. I go, who's got a 50? And my mom slapped me in the face. <laughs> and I was like, but do you have the 50? You know what I mean? So I'm walking home. No, go ahead. So so you're Yankees. Mm-hmm. Who else you got? Uh, I'm a Giant fan, technically, on a local okay. level. We got a lot to cover there. Yeah, we'll get there. If you want to get into it. No, that's going to be deep therapy because there's two <laughs> Super Bowls that didn't end well for your people. Uh, and I'm married into the Ohio State cult, which is another story for another time. Okay. But hold on. I got Nate Foy in studio. He's a national superstar. Best high game in the business. <laughs> he said it himself. He came in through the gauntlet down cursed out the fashion team. The guy is a force. If I'm the Kool-Aid, I, I don't know what that makes you, but but you're something, Nate Foy. I, well, I think we've got to find out what I am. I think it's too <laughs> early to know exactly what I am yet, but I appreciate all these compliments. No, no. Come on, man. Uh, so here's the deal. I got another Pennsylvania question. I think, personally, and this is good analysis that was given to me, okay. okay, when it comes to Oz and Fetterman, obviously there was a lot of focus on Fetterman's health, but I actually think that's a bad move only because if it isn't if he isn't a bad spot i think the voters can spot that on their own number 1 yeah. and i just think it's very hard to do that tactfully without looking like you know a little sleazy no so i agree and it's definitely something that oz has wrestled with he tried mm-hmm. staying away from it and you know the polls weren't that good uh-huh. and then he kind of started talking about it a little bit more but uh-huh. not so much in a way to attack fetterman yeah. and his condition as uh-huh. a person but uh-huh. in the way that he wants to debate him yeah and right now the only debate scheduled is october 25th which is two weeks from election yeah. day and early voting again started yesterday and oz is essentially saying you know listen if if you're fit to serve in office uh-huh. then prove it and uh-huh. let's talk about the issues it was definitely a shift in, in yeah. Oz's strategy, uh-huh. um, and you know it's something that, for me, covering the story, I also want to be delicate with because yeah. you know you want to be respectful of this guy who's dealing with a, a private medical issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, he, he's going to represent the people of Pennsylvania. He could represent the people of yeah. Pennsylvania, and he's going to be able to do the gig. Th- yeah, they have serious questions about it. Yeah, I think we're allowed to see the Carfax. I think we're within our rights. You know, you're going to make the purchase. It's just how do you ask to see them? You know what I mean? Without sounding like some kind of used car carny. Exactly. exactly. So that's that's what I'm grappling with, too. But I think what's interesting is 
I think political talking heads, I think people in the journalist class, oftentimes we're prioritizing things voters aren't. And I want to bring attention, the reason I say that, to Fetterman's look. Okay, a lot of people who, you know, are on cable news for a living analyzing politics are like, oh, that guy's running for office in a sweatshirt. But I think if you're somebody who spends the first day of hunting season in the woods with a rifle, you look at Fetterman and you see the guys surrounding you in the woods. I don't think his look is the detriment that I've heard some analysts try to claim that it is. What do you think about that? It's interesting. I honestly haven't thought too much about it other than obviously noticing yeah. his look because, you know, Because <laughs> that looks didn't come than, from wardrobe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you telling say, me wardrobe? He's got, he's got a lot to learn from you. <laughs> Um, and, and I could send him some ties if he's listening. But, uh, you know, I, I think that his appeal is that he's trying to, you know, seem like a, a normal person mm-hmm. who has a wide appeal and, and can relate to, you yeah. know, the people of Pennsylvania. Just, just a normal guy who wants to let out a few second degree murderers. I mean, who hasn't well, done that on a Friday night? So I know that's controversial. Do you want to get into that? Yeah, we, we'd we love to hear that. a little bit about it. what do you got on that. OK, so um, essentially, you know, Dr. Oz has brought that up in campaign ads. And it is true, although uh, Dr. Oz was a bit vague about it. So mm-hmm. essentially what Fetterman believes, he gave Fox News Digital um, yeah. you know, a statement about this. It would be second-degree murderers, mm-hmm. which pretty much means you know, you're committing a felony and someone dies during that felony. Mm-hmm. But it could be just the getaway driver. It could be like a planner, mm-hmm. also, of course, an active participant. But – not necessarily somebody who pulled the trigger or okay. directly killed somebody mm-hmm. who has been in you know prison for a while and then if they're on good behavior that they would then be eligible for release mm-hmm. uh, which Dr. Oz is, is still very against that but yeah. I, I do think that it's important to point out mm-hmm. sort of the nuance there's a distinction it's not just let out murderers okay. um, but, but people that... who are convicted of second degree murder who were involved in a crime that wow. ended with somebody dying depending on their role in that crime, I, you could know, be let free if, if, if he has his way. What I'm, what I'm cra- crazy about, excuse me, not crazy about, let me speak English, Nate, for you, bamboozled <laughs> me, all this campaign speak. Look at me, I'm a wreck. Uh, is in this moment, I feel like any politician that wanted to be tough on crime is winning on either side of the aisle. People don't want to. People are waiting for elected leadership in the Democratic Party to say, "Hey, sorry, I know we've been pushing equity and everything in between, yeah. but the na- national murder rate is up at a, like a thirty-year high. It spiked. At, you know, we might want to start prioritizing this for a minute, and you know, we can do all the woke equity stuff down the road." I think deep down, a lot of Democrats want to hear that from leadership. But they don't want to abandon the the position without getting permission to do so, because right now, you know, the brand is, hey, no, we're letting people out. We're empathetic. Yeah. But I think it's a faux empathy in that it's empathy is a brand. Hey, we care about people. But empathy is a trait would probably be putting the law abiding citizen ahead of the law breaker. And I don't see a lot of that right now. Interesting. Well, you know, you see the same thing with the border policy. Right? Oh, we but... could talk about that, Nate Foy. <laughs> could we ever? But uh, yeah, you know, and, and pretty much being a good politician is walking that tightrope. Yeah. Where you don't sort of make either side too, too angry and mm-hmm. you can keep, you know, your whole group somewhat together. Um, but the first thing that you need in a society is safety. Yeah. You know, and there's such a ripple effect if you don't have that, that mm-hmm. things don't go well. You know, yeah. businesses don't set up shop. There's less jobs. It's just a much, much worse environment if you don't have safety. Yeah. And that's something that Oz was talking about in his event in Philly yesterday, saying that, you know, in his view, the way to solve the crime crisis in Philly is more opportunity mm-hmm. and uh, that it's, it's really an economic problem. Oh, it is. 
and, and that that's the best path forward. Everyone always like come, kind of oversteps that key component of violent crime, the correlation between high rates of violent crime, low rates of economic opportunity. Most people forget about that, and they're taking violent crime and basing it on a multitude of other factors that don't stem from the origin, which is if there's no way to make money legally, you probably go out and make it illegally. And a lot of illegal ways of making money result in violent crime. So I think you and Oz might have just saved the whole country. I don't know that either of (laughs) you are getting elected. I mean, Oz is in some trouble, and now you've got this whole Red Sox thing going on. I mean, you lost half the audience. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, I think my next job might be as a tie selector for for people (laughs) like you. Nate Foy is leaving to go to Men's Warehouse. (laughs) You heard it here first, but you're going to like the way the interview ends. I guarantee it. Now, it was nice talking to you, man. I'm glad we got to do this. For sure. Thank you. Again, do it again soon, Nate Foy. Definitely. Thank you for having me on. There he goes, the great Nate Foy. We're back after this. The show that sees through the bully. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Talking about this race out in Pennsylvania, talking about the substance of the race. I got to tell you, man, this is a mess. The way it looks right now, power rankings, okay? Republicans are likely uh, to take the House by an awful lot. Okay, the Senate's still pretty close. The latest Georgia polls have Herschel Walker and Brian Kemp doing a lot better against Raphael Warnock and, of course, Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is full of A lot of people feel that way. Uh, The Republicans, if they make this an issues-oriented race, they will win everything. Okay, part of the Democratic strategy to brand everything MAGA fascism is to make it a conversation about other things. Like, Ron DeSantis is a human trafficker. Yeah, that's obviously not the case. This is ridiculous. But you'd be making these claims, too, if you were a shameless politician desperate to win an election. You can't get out there and run on a 40-year high in inflation. You know, even Biden today. He straight up tweeted, uh, gas is at 377 a gallon. We've now recouped all the money we were spending because of Putin's price hike. And- Not even close. Now, technically speaking, gas is way down from where the peak. But it's artificially down because we're releasing our strategic oil reserves to get it there. But the part not making it into Biden's tweet is the fact that. Gas is still a dollar thirty higher than when he took office. Biden's lost his marbles. Well, whoever's running his Twitter account lost their marbles because, again, they're pitching this as a savings. Look at all the money you're saving now that gas isn't five bucks. Okay, great, but it's still a dollar thirty more than when you took office. So, am I actually saving money because of you? The answer would be no. No. This is no different than what Biden said about inflation. Okay, we're growing the economy and inflation's not out of control. It's it's only up an inch. This is ridiculous. Clip 36. Your grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month is just uh, 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 just an inch. Hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it is good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not you. I I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2 percent. It's It's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that. But guess what we are? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. It has just barely it's been basically even. 
Oh, my goodness gracious. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Getting ready for an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour of Fox Across America. Not only are we going to be talking to the legendary Steve Ducey, who for all intents and purposes functions as my personal trainer with his series of cookbooks here at Fox News. This is absolutely gross. All right, I'll turn it around. Don't worry. We're also going to hear from Jessica Tarloff who is, of course, a Democratic strategist and a Fox News contributor and someone our entire audience loves dearly. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. Oh, you stop it. JT and I have a political safe word. It is pineapple. We will de- be debating the issues of the day. And as we always do, if it gets too hot for our friendship, one of us can use the S&M safe word and try to you know, punt the subject down the road. Reason being is on this show, if you're listening for the first time, OK, I am – like an actual talk show host. Not a lot of us left in the world, okay? I'm conservative, unapologetically so. I think our ideas are exponentially better for the country than those of my Democratic counterparts. That being said, I know a lot of really cool Democrats. They just don't hang out on Twitter, okay? The Democrats on Twitter are weapons-grade stupid. I agree with that. Okay, you can tweet a factual takedown of anything Joe Biden does. They're going to respond with a January 6th meme. That's all they got now. Oh, but January 6th, like we're talking about DeSantis, okay, trying to draw attention to a border crisis that's killed 115,000 Americans because of fentanyl overdose deaths. People will respond to that with a January 6th meme. They're crazy. (laughs) I can't understand it. January 6th. January 6th was horrible. Nobody's okay with it on my side of the aisle. But if we were going to talk about January 6th on a carnage level, there's obviously nothing compared to the border or, oh, I don't know, the summer of 2020 when they were burning down cities in the name of mostly peaceful protests. But the point is, even if you disagree with me, I can coexist with you because the joke and everyone keeps missing the punchline is that as bad as things are right now. And believe me, they need improving and I'm committed to improving them. uh, We still live in the greatest country in the world. That's the whole hook of the show. It's something called perspective. We're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. And if you can do that, if you could just adhere to that, you're always welcome. We don't care if you're a Democrat. That's not the point. Okay, we really got to a dumb place in our politics where people are behaving like fat, spoiled children. Mom, he doesn't vote the way I do. Get him out of here. I don't want him here. Get off my property. You're not invited to my birthday party. Like it got so petty and personal that people have stopped voting for their country and started voting for their party. What I mean by that is if there's somebody in office that's ruining your country, you should vote them out. The only grounds you'd have for voting them in is the fact that you just need your party to get a win, okay? When you're right, you're right, and you're right. That's how Gavin Newsom survived a recall in California. Okay, Gavin Newsom has turned California into the world's largest outdoor restroom. It's actually disgusting, okay? When you look at the rates of homelessness, when you look at the rates of drug use, when you look at the historic spikes in violent crime, more people are fleeing California than any other state in America. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. So on paper, Gavin Newsom shouldn't be near an elected office ever again. But right now, he's actually the front runner for the Democratic nomination in 2024. 
Think about that. Why? Because people will vote for him because he has a D next to his name. There's nothing he can point to that's a signature achievement for the people who elected him other than the fact that if you vote for me, you'll be sticking it to Republicans. That's what politics has become. That's what I'm trying to avoid by talking to people across the aisle is a place where we can actually be substantive again and not vote for one guy just because we hate another. It's a dumb way to do things. And if you don't believe me, look around at the state of the country. Donald Trump's character to a lot of people was disqualifying. And believe me, I'm not okay with most of it. I'm not. But understand, we didn't have a 40-year spike in inflation. Border crossings were 80% lower. He had reduced them by 80%. The economy was roaring. We weren't giving, you know, billions of dollars in assets to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world in the name of Iran. You know, we weren't nuking our manufacturing base, selling out American jobs in the name of climate change. We weren't doing things. We were putting the people who live in this country in the number one spot and giving them poll position. Now, under the woke initiatives of guys like Joe Biden and Gavin Newsom. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. It feels like every one of us is a secondary citizen. Okay, we don't have the same uh, primal importance to our elected officials. You know, again, at a time when the border is killing Americans in record numbers, what are we talking about? You can't put migrants on an air conditioned bus. Come on, man. You can't do that. And we're talking about human trafficking out of Ron DeSantis instead of the actual human trafficking at the border. That's not right. Not even a little bit right. But that's because our politics have gotten to a place where people just get out of bed in the morning. Tell me why we hate the other guy today. Okay, I got it. I'll go out there and hate him. No critical thought. No interest in the greater good. I'm just not doing that show. So you're going to hear from time to time from guests you might not agree with. But understand, I am not vouching for their policies, but I'm absolutely vouching for their character. These are cool people that you'd enjoy hanging out with. I do mean that. okay? and that does go for Jessica Tarloff and whatever wacko liberal commie nonsense she's about to peddle after this commercial break. I love her and you will, too. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a show that reaches across the aisle. And I truly mean that. I have a great friendship uh, with this next guest, so much so that if she were to find out I was Venezuelan, she would not deport me from her Martha's Vineyard compound. Well, you're looking at me like you might. (laughs) Could I come to the Hamptons? Uh, Jessica Tarloff is here. Yo, JT. Hello. Everybody knows I was briefing them before you came on about our S&M safe word, which is pineapple. Correct. If this goes sideways today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. You do have a safe word. I have a safe word. You can eject the subject matter like it was a recently arrived migrant to Martha's Vineyard. Like if you say Mike Flynn, I can just say pineapple, which is (laughs) where we came up with it. Yes, we did. It goes all the way back to the Mike Flynn days. But we are, of course, being the change we want to see in the world. By the way, really quickly, uh, how, how wonderful is Nate Foy? Delightful. I just spent some time chatting with him about adjusting to New York and Mm – his tiny apartment, which yep, is yep. tough for a man uh, of his size. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> seven foot seven. Basically. And yeah. I say this as a large person and you're, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. by male standards, you're still 
I'm six one. Yeah. That's legitimately. Yeah. I'm a, and, I, and I happen to be like an 800 pound man trapped in like a 600 pound man's body. So yeah, that's, that's, that's that was apt. But I'm with you, JT. Yeah, no, he's fabulous. He's a good. Well, I, I make this point a lot, and and you, I usually use you to make the point. Is there's a perception outside of this building that we're all like running on like high octane, <laughs> right wing attack. Everybody hates each other, and this is like I, I honestly one of the most mellow vibes I've ever worked in is Fox News. Well, you now consider I've worked in comedy clubs yeah. and, and everything else, and taxi cabs and stuff like that. Yeah. But everybody here is really cool. Like, even with yeah. you, we don't, no one chases you down hallways. No, I do wish for like a moment, you know, like that fantasy, like for an hour, if you, like everyone's true feelings were revealed. I'm just <laughs> always interested in that because there's this whole like, oh, she's great, you know, like yeah. she's my friend. And then it's like, what do your texts actually say? Are you just like <laughs> in the break? Are you texting your friend like this libtard has got to go? Like, I can't take it. But- uh, pineapple. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. JT, I Show love you on the, air, on the air and off. You could, you could read all of mine. I play good defense. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Tarloff is in studio. Um, is I, I don't know. I don't even know where to start with this one. I want to start with the pandemic stuff because this is what I talked about in America's Newsroom. Let's yep. start there. Biden says the pandemic's over. I know the bureaucratic pushback is they don't want it to be because it's kind of like I see it as an umbrella for a lot of things they want to get done. Yeah. So who is in charge? Because he gets walked back a lot. Doesn't that kind of create the perception he's not in charge? No, I don't – I don't like this particular line of argumentation and not just because I happen to like the president. Okay, but it, it's just this weird like, OK, so who is in charge? But they walk him back a lot. Well, because he just says wild you-know-what <laughs> like all the time. I'm like, can we say that as words here? But again, but, but, but if he has final he's say – been doing that for decades. Of course, but like Trump said wild things constantly. Right, I, and like – he but didn't then, actually go on vacation with Kim Jong-un. He wanted to, <laughs> but, like, somebody stopped him. So who was in charge? Oh, so are you saying, like, whoever made him not buy These Greenland? Huge, no, no, I know. That was the best when they issued the statement, like, yeah. BTW not for sale. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're the head of an enormous bureaucracy, mm-hmm. right? So everyone has to go through other channels. And, and you know decisions where it's very clear that the president uh-huh. has gone out on a limb. We had that with Obama with the Syrian red line mm-hmm. that everyone else was opposed to. And mm-hmm. Hillary was Even like, like Taiwan, he had a little bit of that the other night because he said like well, – this is fourth time saying that. Just yeah. like, are we changing the policy? Yeah. Like <laughs> And I know. And I get it because, I mean, one of the things that makes him so likable for people, especially, you know, older people who I think – followed his career for that long or just been around with him is he just shoots from the hip right mm-hmm. and the right thing to say it's a lot of the, innocent bystanders no, just like <laughs> just a few every once in a while with, <laughs> with corn pop or whatever I, that still uh-huh. my favorite thing that corn pop was real yeah i loved how everyone was like this is made up but the the ethical thing is that we would protect taiwan mm-hmm. right i mean that's what's going on here with ukraine mm-hmm. right this is not American citizens, et cetera. It's their democratic norms are being infringed upon. It's an aggressive other, you know, partner, et cetera. But we just can't say it out loud. And so he he's telegraphing a lot of what people feel about mm. these kinds of issues. It's, and then, it's, it's almost like he's trying to be honest and they won't let him. Well, he is being honest. Yeah, like when he said the pandemic was over, I think everybody watching that nodded their head like, oh, good. Yeah, this is a good moment. Right. And then the bureaucracy was like, oh, hell no. The, the bureaucracy well, yelled pineapple. With- <laughs> They did. Ron Klain is like in a room screaming pineapple. (laughs) Shut up. Fauci was yelling. Go ahead. I mean, it was because of the student loan thing, Mm -hmm. because the student loan program 
the you know repaying 10k and then up mm-hmm. to 20k for Pell Grant recipients mm-hmm. is only legal under the Heroes Act, which yep. is an emergency funding act. Yes. So if the pandemic is quote over, mm-hmm. I think he was talking about like. Health. Our attitudes towards it, yeah. right? That we're all living with COVID yeah. versus we're hiding from COVID yes. now. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he was walking with Scott Pelley through the Detroit car show. Uh-huh. You know, he was looking around. He's like, people are out there, no masks. You also didn't see any other humans, which I thought was funny. He's yeah. like, no masks. I was like, also no people. <laughs> um, <laughs> None of these mannequins have masks on. Yeah. I'm telling you, Scott, it's never been better. Um, uh, so that's what I think that it was. But I, I firmly believe when you – Look at what Joe Biden has accomplished, especially with infrastructure and gun safety legislation, two huge bipartisan bills that have not gotten passed under any other president. I think we can all agree that, that he actually was able to maximize his relationships that he had with, you know, quote, normal Republicans to get something like that done, that Joe Biden is firmly in control of this government. I think the perception, we're talking to the great Jessica Tarloff. Grading on a curve, by the way. I'm kidding. The grading on a curve that would make Lori Laughlin's kids blush. Do you remember the kids that got like bribed oh into God. UCLA? <laughs> Do you Did remember you that watch? story? Yeah. No, no, don't get me off message. You but hold you on. See, she uh, bamboozles me. Matthew this is what she Modine does. Mm-hmm. was starting it. There was like a Netflix mm-hmm. uh, show about it. Uh-huh. It was really good. I'd highly recommend it. Okay, we'll um, check it out. This and they sh- used basically the emails and all of the evidence as the script. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That I would watch. So you would, this is why that- you have Jessica Tarloff on, not just because she's making half of my audience punch their dashboards right now, but she gives you some, some something to viewing do recommendation. Yeah. Rather than just sending me hate mail for having her on all the time, you could actually go watch a Matthew Modine flick. Who wouldn't <laughs> like that? I thought the Pelly interview was weak because he didn't ask about the border. And when people say, well, the interview was taped earlier in the week, but the border has been a big crisis for a long time. And I think when people defend Pelly by saying, well, you know, the migrant thing didn't happen till Thursday, that to me kind of cements the viewpoint that this only became a serious story to liberals, to some Democrats, when they started showing up in their town. What do you say to that? Well, they've been showing up in our town for like a month now. I don't mean New York. I mean like specifically Martha's Vineyard that got an actual well, mobilization of the journalist class. You know, crazy denomination of this, and it also wasn't Abbott. It was mm. a, a governor poaching migrants from another state to send them to Martha's Vineyard. You mm. know, this was DeSantis also saying, "Hey, hey, I'm but, here to play." Let me jump in. Yeah, but I think on some level, this is where I think it's like a little bit of a hustle. Is I genuinely do believe they're trying to highlight a crisis. Yes, it's politically damaging to Biden, but it's really like physically damaging to so oh. many people. And, yeah. and, and I feel like I, I'm fine with what they're doing to draw attention to the crisis. I actually do genuinely get bothered by the fact that we're trying to reapportion this as some argument about racism and human trafficking instead of tackling what the real humanitarian crisis is. These migrants are facing a real humanitarian crisis. Like they weren't ripped out of a Ritz-Carlton and sent to Martha's Vineyard. They were sleeping on the street, you right. know. So I wish we could get back to that place where there was like a joint interest in the border, but there's never going to be because I just think I it's a better issue to run on than it is to solve. Well, I think Bill Clinton, who uh, gave a, an interview to Fareed Zakaria with you know mm-hmm. CGI is a big part of uh, UNGA, which yeah, is yeah. this week here in New York, um, the Clinton Global Initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that Republicans close well. And they close well around things that scare people. Mm-hmm. You know, Rona McDaniel was on Newsroom today talking about the candy-colored fentanyl, right, that everyone – all these parents are scared about mm-hmm. uh, what – you know, what's going to happen on Halloween uh-huh. and also said that we need to be talking about due date abortions, like mm-hmm. as if that's 
the issue of what's really going on here when Lindsey Graham is proposing, you know, a 15-week Lindsey Graham, who I was in the elevator with today for three It was a floors. great story. <laughs> I didn't even get into this with my listeners yet. Oh. But continue. I'll get there. It's like a big deal. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite senators. Oh, Jessica Tarloff. Um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But, but, but you I, know, the border, mm-hmm. and I, I said this last week on The Five, and it was perhaps the first time I have not been interrupted on the show, which made me feel really good about the veracity of my point, uh-huh. which is until – People stop profiting off of undocumented labor. Mm -hmm. The border will not be fixed. And whether you are to use the example that I uh, rolled out on the five, if you're picking grapes in Oregon or oranges in Florida, Mm -hmm. you are wanted by people in positions of power. So is that the is that the real sin of this relocation of Martha's Vineyard that they showed up the one month to pick the one month people pick their own apples? If they would have went any other For time Instagram. of the year. Yeah. Come on, folks. We're on the gram here. You Venezuelans no. couldn't have waited a week. I'm kidding. I think the Martha's Vineyard thing, I it just seemed so excessive compared to you send people to Chicago, you send people to New York, and I've been very clear about this. These are sanctuary cities. The administration But so is the vineyard though. Like it's a self declared sanctuary yeah, city. For fifteen people. I Come mean, on, it's it holds like one hundred and fifty thousand tourists. You're yeah, telling me they can't at, like, fit peak rental fifth. season. So what does that mean though? Those oh. bids are empty. Those beds are empty. But if does it not make a difference? And I personally think that it does. Okay. That they were told they were going somewhere else. Like I lying to them about they what was got, about to happen. They got pamphlets about where they were going. Again, well, what, there are also a bunch air, of pamphlets air, circulating, air, and some it, of them are I like know. eight months of cash assistance in but, Boston. But air conditioned busing is not drowning in a river, suffocating in a van. No, but we're talking about people. I just don't like the political pawn situation okay. of what's happening. I here. could agree that I don't like having to see us do that either. Yeah. But I don't think there's a comparison between having to do that and say 115,000 people dying of fentanyl. No, you know, I don't. 50 and I don't, people on a bus. I find the human trafficking suit or whatever is happening to be absurd. So, so in closing, you're saying the Democrats need to clean up their language. We are the problem. <laughs> Always. Yes, they are. Hate has no home here and neither do migrants. That's the new sign at Martha's Vineyard. No, but it's very depressing. It I it mean, is. you saw that interview. Um, there was a woman from Eagle Pass talking about like how they're no. completely overrun. Like no, Those border towns aren't built for this either. Jessica, no, I agree 100%. We have hit our allotment of Jessica Tarlov time. That's this it. Is I'll be seven. back in four months. <laughs> Get her out. Get her out of here. <laughs> that was too soon for some of the listeners. Anytime. I'll uh, see you on the five today we love you jessica tarloff we're back after this with steve Ducey to clean up this oh. mess <laughs> it is fox across america with jimmy Fallon, and if the band sounds fired up it's because they are joining us now in studio not only the superstar co-host of Fox and Friends, <laughs> but his last cookbook is the reason I look like I'm in my third trimester. <laughs> and get this, Jimmy Fa- uh, Jimmy Fallon, he's got another cookbook coming out. Uh, the author of the Simply Happy Cookbook, 100-plus recipes to take the stress out of cooking. The legendary Steve Ducey in the house. Hey, man. Hello, Jimmy. Nice to see you. I don't think you understand. You know when you meet fans... Mm-hmm. Who are like, I love you, Ducey. I love the thing on Fox. But then you meet that fan who brings up something you did 17 years ago on a Tuesday that you forgot you did. Okay, bring it on. Well, that's the level of fandom you're dealing with here. <laughs> okay, in the movie White Men Can't Jump, okay, Wesley Snipes famously says to Woody Harrelson, he's like, white people, you listen to Jimi Hendrix, but you can't hear Jimi. Okay, right. I talked I to Fox that. Talent. 
I say, Fox Talent, you listen to Steve Ducey, but you can't hear Steve Ducey. <laughs> I have cooked everything in the Happy in a Hurry. No handbook. way! I mean, literally everything, but I have staples now. Okay, what okay. are they? I'm and this, very th- curious. This is what it, it means so much to me to have you on, and it means a lot to my listeners, because what I've done with some of these recipes, right. which I think everyone does, is they put their own spin on them. Right. So one of the ones I have credited you for, but pushed on the air, is the legendary hash brown quiche. How good is that? Oh, it's world class. But have you ever wrapped your brain around the fact that you could make that a tater tot quiche and you bake those tots at 450? Right. And now you got just magic. It's a real thing. You know, uh, in our new cookbook, we do something called the Iowa Caucus Casserole. <laughs> of course you do. And because I'm from Iowa uh-huh. and Peter spent, yeah. you know, years covering the caucuses and the campaign. In Iowa, which is my home state. And so he would ask me, Dad, what's that casserole with the tater tots on top? And I would say, well, that's a a classic Uh Iowa uh, dish. And so we came up with this recipe, and I I made it on the show, and people went crazy for it because they said – are those potato tot? Are those tater tots on top? And it's yeah, absolutely. Now no, I've become like a tater tot snob because I don't just recommend regular tots now. I recommend I recommend medallions. They're flat and they maintain the crunch more because there's less potato in the middle. Wait, it's next level they, stuff. They Change flattened a, they a tater tot. Have, they have now made or right makes tater tot medallions. It's next level stuff you're I've dealing with. I've never seen that. Uh, we do have a recipe mm-hmm. in. Have you ever been to Ireland? Uh, of course, yes. Okay. Have you ever had a full Irish breakfast? I mean, when you describe a full Irish breakfast, I feel like I have with the pastries and the bangers and everything like well, that. Or what, what do you? It's got the sausage. Yeah. It's got the. To, mm-hmm. it, it it always has some uh, baked tomatoes, mm-hmm. some potatoes, some mm-hmm. eggs, and stuff like that. Uh, one, Kathy and, and the kids and I went to Dublin, and mm-hmm. we had full Irish breakfast every day, and then one. Night, we were in a pub, mm-hmm. and they had Irish nachos Ooh. that looked just like the full Irish breakfast. So we decided to get rid of the chips, and we've made it a breakfast, but the potato is actually the Orida waffle oh, potatoes. That's a strong move to the hook. Oh, my goodness, those are good. <laughs> Steve Ducey is in the house, the man who's kind of my default personal trainer, so blame him. <laughs> If anyone in wardrobe is listening and they're tired of resizing me for sport coats, this is your guy right here. Get a zipper. (laughs) The new book, The Simply Happy Cookbook. This is why I actually push cookbooks to the men listening to this show. And a lot of people don't know this, but you really only need to know how to cook three things to be considered a phenomenal cook. All right. If you just, you know, what you do, well, do. You know, what you don't do, well, don't do at all. Mm -hmm. I've mastered three recipes, okay, in this book that I can cook depending on the occasion and leave everybody with like, wow, Jimmy is like a Michelin chef. I didn't know that. That has flavor. And again, I'm a guy coming into your last cookbook who could boil a hot dog on a good day. You know what I mean? Maybe a box of mac and cheese. So I make that. I make, to his credit, uh, Peter makes a a chicken parm meatball. How good is that? Uh, That might be the best thing in the book, with all due respect, because I come up from an Italian family, and I'd never gone in that direction. And it's a meatball with a little, they call them mozzarella pearl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little cheese center. It's it's delicious. <laughs> it's magical. You could be charging my listeners three ninety nine a minute for this kind of dirty talk <laughs> right now. Someone's in a truck, right? Like, can you guys speak a little slower? Um, <laughs> so I would imagine, uh, does it happen to you a lot when you're on the road that people come up to you and tell you what they cook, or am I the biggest psycho? No, people do. Okay, okay. but they don't have a top three list. So you are. <laughs> it's gotta, you, I, I've I've just. 
I, on my phone, I've got a button that I push for yeah. security to find <laughs> he just me. Did. You know how the queen lifts her handbag? I just <laughs> caught Steve Ducey lifting his handbag twice. <laughs> he grabbed the fanny pack. So you got to get out of here. But I say this to people all the time. It's a it's a phenomenal book because every, every dish comes with a great story. Right. And this is all doable stuff. Right. But it's really good. In the new cookbook, uh-huh. this is I, I have made it for the morning show, and you've got to try this. This will be your next level thing. Okay. Do you like lasagna? Oh, yeah. Come on. Do you like grilled cheese? Ooh. I'm listening. <laughs> How about lasagna grilled cheese? Stop it. I'm, I'm not kidding. The secret is the cheese. It's not just mozzarella cheese. We In our first cookbook, we did the recipe that my wife made me uh-huh. on our first date. And at the end of the first date, I said, you know, you're going to think I'm crazy, but someday we will be married. And she's, <laughs> she laughed like that maniacally. And then uh, then she said, that's nice. You can leave. And 40 <laughs> days later, we were engaged. And four months later, we were married. Boom. So we have we figured out the cheese ratio mm-hmm. of mozzarella to parm to uh, ricotta. And so that is the cheese yeah. on the grilled cheese. And then you put – you make a quick little uh, lasagna meat sauce that you put inside. Uh-huh. And then you butter the outside. And then you grill them on, in a skillet just as you would a grilled cheese. Wow. Jimmy, it is – you know, you like a grilled cheese sandwich. You like lasagna. You like the lasagna noodles. Uh-huh. But just imagine if the noodles were caramelized oh, and man. butter toasted. <laughs> It is. You can't eat it every day. It probably is yeah. not healthy for you. Uh-huh. But it, it is the one thing. And when we invented it during the pandemic, and my son-in-law, who was quarantining with us, said, "I don't think that sounds very good." <laughs> and I made it for him, and he goes, "That's the best sandwich I've ever." Had. <laughs> that's that's what we were all doing. Everybody who was lucky enough to get your book during the pandemic. Right went right through the seasonal cycle, like it climaxed with people in this radio division talking about the Thanksgiving leftover smoothie. Right. Like people cooked it seasonally right through. We did the cupcake chicken in the summer. Right. And uh, Carly said to me the other day, she said, now, do you have something in your new cookbook like the, what do we call it? Le- Thanksgiving leftover galad, which yeah. was a galette rather, which yeah. is just a pie crust where you put all the stuff on top of it. <laughs> Then you crimp the edges and put a bunch of gravy on top, and it is fantastic because it's a taste of Thanksgiving. Uh, We actually do this thing where we kind of make a shepherd's pie with Mm -hmm. everything, but the only thing that didn't taste good inside it was the cranberry sauce. Okay. So we throw in craisins. Oh, I get it. And they're delicious. And it gets there. It's a little flavor bomb. Folks, it's called the Simply Happy Cookbook, and I do mean this if you're a guy listening. It's such a – just learning how to cook – is such a basic quality of life upgrade, and it's cheap. You know what I mean? Most yeah. of the things people consider quality of life is, I'll get a new car, I'll buy a vacation right. house. It'll make me feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a bag of tater tots, and tater tots are undefeated when it comes to making you feel better. There's no question. Uh, mashed potatoes and gravy are right up there for They me. get there. They okay. get there, but the tater tot. Yeah. yeah. Pound for pound, okay? Let me ask you this. Yes. Of the desserts in the book, okay, my showstopper is I make your Ritz cracker peanut butter pie. Right. With no addendums. It's just as is. Rip and read. It's perfect. It's the best thing on the planet. And again, that is probably, if me and you were breaking this dessert down, you could walk into any gathering, wow the room. You'll right. win the room. And you probably spend six bucks. Do you think? Yeah. Uh, the most expensive thing is the eight ounce carton of Cool Whip. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we took that recipe mm-hmm. and we got rid of the um, the graham cracker crust uh-huh. and we put a pretzel crust under Ooh. it. And I always, whenever I would have it, 
I would say, you know, if if I were the Cheesecake Factory, yeah, yeah. I would add a chocolate top to it. So we added a chocolate top. So we've got <laughs> we've updated your favorite. But we've also got we've got this one thing. It's called uh we I think we call it State Fair Cheese Pie. Uh-huh. And a cheese pie does not sound yeah. particularly delightful, mm-hmm. but it's cream cheese. Ooh. So it's a cracker crust and a rather graham cracker crust and then you've got this delicious, very simple and elegant cream cheese. The lady who gave us the recipe, a woman by the name of Pam Vance out in Iowa, Uh won five blue ribbons at the Iowa State Fair. This thing is off the chart. You're talking about the best division in sports. The (laughs) Iowa State Fair is not nothing. So is Chapter 13 uh, uh, recipes of ways to deal with gout? (laughs) <laughs> is to do, have, we, have we added one of those chapters for the Jimmy Fallers of the world? No, I'm just so, I'm so excited. I love to share food. I came from a food house, so this is like my favorite book. And you should know this going forward as you do hits around the building. Right. Um, if you walk in and see a skinny host, you're probably not going to have to talk that much because they probably didn't cook any of the stuff. But when they book you with a 240-pound radio host, you better be prepared to dig in and talk recipes because we're here. We're playing all Madden. This is, we're not playing the game on Rookie, Steve Ducey. You can watch him every day on Fox and Friends. We will play you out with a song you inspire. Josh, I will buy you a second. Can you cue up, please, the REO Speedwagon song inspired by your last appearance on the show? You need to hear this. Okay. If you remember the 80s classic... Sure. I can't fight this feeling anymore. Of course. Okay. I was there. Well, allow me to serve you this radio entree called I Can't Stop This Eating Anymore. Thank you, Jimmy. I can't fight this eating any longer. My pants have got so tight they're gonna blow. It started out last weekend and grew strong. Simply Happy Cookbook. I hope you're happy, Steve Ducey. I'm crying in my lasagna grilled cheese. That was so beautiful. (laughs) His lighter singed the ceiling of the studio. He was swaying a little bit to the beat. But great book. Everybody go buy it. Thanks for this, my man. Thanks, Jimmy. Back after this. The critics have spoken. It's a mess. It's a mess. This is Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Put that cookie down now. <laughs> Steve Ducey is going to get me killed. But I do mean this. The book is called The Simply Happy Cookbook. I, during the pandemic, got his first book and have become like an actual master chef. Now, I'm not saying I'm a great, like, world-class cook, but I can cook four things so well 
that if you have people over, like every, you know, for dinner every three months, every five months, every time they come over, you're going to cook one knockout dish after another. And they're like, ah, oh, this Jimmy Fallon guy, this guy, he's really got it together. This, <laughs> this guy, I'm telling you right now, he's a hell of a cook. Wrong. Not really. Uh, but thanks to the deuce man, uh, I can get by uh, and throw three or four really high-velocity fastballs in the kitchen. And I have learned to like cooking. And, I, you know, I'm usually, like, drinking whiskey and listening to Louis Prima. Uh, but it's become like a big ritual in my house. And if you do like to cook or you want to wow the ladies or your, even your family, I find in terms of quality of life improvements, food is the easiest one because you, there's a lot of cheap things you can do well that will make your day that much better. So a shout-out to the Deuce Man, even if uh, I really do look like I'm in my third trimester because of that guy. But I'm playing defense. I'm playing some defense. We're getting better. Uh, one other quick shout-out while I got you on the air today. I mentioned this at the tippy-top of the show. I will mention it again here at the bottom. Right now, we are engaged for the next 48 hours in the 11th annual Radiothon, and that goes down between the Intermountain Foundation and Rich Broadcasting. Those are our partners out at KID in Idaho Falls. That's the great station Jenny and I visited last year on our way out to Bear World, courtesy of Richard Meacham, uh, which I don't appreciate, Richard Meacham and the great Grace Latham, who runs Bear World. They took me out on a tour to feed bears, which sounds like a good idea. But when you're married with a kid and you have a lot of life insurance. That can't be good. Not good at all. Because, you know, I got Jenny wants to collect that money. You know, she kept she's like, Jimmy, lean over further. You know, bears never going to get the food. You want to you want to lean over a little further. This could be a problem. <laughs> That's what's going on. She's trying to feed me to the bears. Uh, but if you want to do a good deed, uh, the Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital is 100 years old this year. Uh, and they, along with Rich Broadcasting, are doing a 48-hour telethon uh, in the name of helping uh, this hospital. And if you want to donate, it is give to the number, give to primarychildrens.org. Uh, the proceeds from the event will continue to support Intermountain Primary Children's Hospital in building the nation's model health system for children. Uh, this is a phenomenal place. They are doing the Lord's work. Uh, I did donate earlier in the day today, uh, and I can't you know, impress upon you enough that if you're in a position uh, where you're fortunate enough to give them anything, uh, you certainly should because it's a phenomenal cause for phenomenal people going through um, some incredibly awful adversity. And they need all the help they can get. And, you know, when I was a young kid and I didn't have one of these radio shows and uh, I used to lay awake at night uh, wishing to be more prominent and influential, I really did, like in my early 20s, wish I had a greater reach so I could do good in the world. You know, when you're young and you're like idealistic and you're like, I want to help people. <laughs> then you get a couple of bucks and you're just a disaster. Uh, but I have rounded back into form. Now I'm married. I got a great woman in my life. I got a I got a halfway decent kid and, uh, you know, very thankful for all of that. And I always want to give back. So in situations like this, I can't step up fast enough because I have a lot of gratitude. And one thing I can tell you is if you're getting your ass handed to you in life, one of the best lessons somebody ever taught me in my cab is that when you feel helpless, you should help somebody else. The reason being is it reminds you that you still have power to do good in the world. And even though you don't feel like you're getting anything right in your life, you see the immediate impact you can have on somebody else's, which oftentimes serves as a reminder that you yourself can get back off the mat and turn your life around. And uh, I really like I lived by that. Like whenever I was like really like having like a 12 trip day in my taxi 
where you're actually not going to turn a profit on the rental and the gas, I would wind up on the way out of the garage giving like somebody on the street 10 bucks. They'd probably go blow it on crack. I pro- That's so funny. I probably know Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. But the point is, when you do feel helpless, sometimes helping somebody gets you your swag back. So whatever financial position you find yourself in, if you have the time, it is give to primarychildrens.org. Uh, you will be donating to a phenomenal cause on behalf of some phenomenal people. Whether you're listening on KID Radio out in Idaho Falls or you're listening on any of the 115 stations that carry the show, uh, every day is a day to do good. Uh, And if you're doing good, it's a day to do better. So I don't want to strike that from the record. After a long day, we went through a lot today. We had Nate Foy. He's a cable news super hunk. But let's not kid ourselves. We did also have Jessica Tarloff. Get her out. Get her out of here. Oh, you got to listen to the liberals. You'll never feel smarter. That when you listen to, you know, some good old fashioned liberal policy always makes me feel better about my own positions. I kid. I love JT. And of course, I love Steve Ducey, despite the fact that, man, oh boy, oh man, he just I I have lost like 13 pounds since we made this diet declaration last uh, Monday. But now I got a new Ducey cookbook and there's no way this ends good for any of us. I'm just telling you because I care. You know, I'm in a bad spot. Fat, drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. See, we play that drop to disparage me. Ah, Jimmy, you're fat and you're drunk and you're stupid. But it's actually a great way to go through life. I've had a phenomenal time going through life, fat, drunk, and stupid, and I'm not changing anytime soon. Uh, I am on with the great Harris Faulkner tomorrow morning. She can't wait to get me on set. That is offensive, and it is not true. Whatever, but I'll be there. This show is over. Pay up and get out. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.